Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today on Sanctified in Truth, we're going to look at Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 19, as he calls on God to be faithful to His Word. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. Daniel 9 is one of the most discussed passages in the Bible, but it's often adjudicated to the exclusion of what the passage is clearly about. People run to the end of the chapter of Daniel 9 to debate the meaning of the 70 weeks and what, if any, significance they play into God's plan for the end times. However, the 70 weeks, and we won't be discussing those today, are in response to Daniel's prayer at the start of the chapter. As the chapter opens, Daniel has been reading the book of Jeremiah. In that book, he read that the desolations of Jerusalem would come to an end after a period of 70 years. After doing some quick calculations, Daniel prays and he asks God to be faithful to his word. Asking God to be faithful to His Word is so much of what prayer is. It is us calling on God to be faithful. We're not asking God to fulfill our ambitions and to make our plans come to pass as much as we're seeking God to do what He said He would do. When we pray in this way, we're showing our trust in God that He's always faithful to His Word. We're demonstrating a resolve about the character of God that God can do nothing but be faithful, and we're surrendering to the will of God to allow His plan to come about in His time and His way. For instance, I don't ask God to provide for me on the basis of my need, but on His promise in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that God will supply every need in Christ Jesus. When I'm asking for God to be faithful to His word, I'm demonstrating a trust in Him that He will be faithful and I'm exercising faith and that I'm allowing God to determine what my needs are. It's the Word of God that should inform our prayer lives. We pray to God with confidence on the grounds of what He has said in His Word. So we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of this passage. We want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage call me to think and praise God about regarding his character or actions? Just because Daniel's asking God to do what God has already promised to do, Daniel doesn't demand, Daniel isn't pushy, Daniel is not expectant, he still sees it as mercy. In verse 18 he says, We do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Daniel realized that when he prayed, he was coming before a merciful God. God did not have to promise the return of Israel. God did not owe it to Israel. He was merciful. Daniel knew this and knew that just as God was faithful in justice, God would be faithful in mercy. And he expresses thankfulness for God's mercy and faithfulness. God is so faithful in this passage, he even gives a sign, the sending of Gabriel, that his prayer will be answered. But he does show that it is going to be answered in his time and in his way. 
We thank God for His mercy and faithfulness. Secondly, we want to ask, what do I need to pray for my own heart and life? Daniel came to God asking for mercy by acknowledging how unworthy he was to receive it. Not only Daniel himself, but the nation of Israel. Daniel knows that Israel has sinned and broken the terms of the covenant. He knows that they are deserving of wrath. And Daniel confesses his sins along with those of the nation and their fathers. What Daniel's prayer acknowledges is that sin is more than just something that I do that is wrong. Sin is expressed in many ways, and one of the ways that sin is expressed is in complicity. Daniel knows that all of the nation was complicit in their sins, even if not every single person was idolatrous. He knew that all the nation was guilty of rebellion, even if that rebellion was expressed in different ways and to different degrees. So when Daniel comes to God to confess, not only is he humbly confessing his own faults, but Daniel is confessing his faults as part of a greater system of sinfulness and brokenness that he realizes he's participated in. We need to pray that God would give us a tenderness to all of the ways that sin manifests in our hearts and our life and that we come before him humbly to purge us of all of them. The third question I want to ask is, what does this passage teach me to pray? Daniel prays for God's own sake. He's asking for God to work so that the people will see the greatness and mercy of God. Daniel is asking God to glorify himself in the way he answers prayer. So often we pray for our namesake, but our prayers need to always be offered for the sake of God's name. Allow me to state the obvious too. If we want to pray for what God has promised in His Word, if we want to pray for His namesake and how He has expressed that will come about in His Word, we have to know what God says in His words. God's Word says His ultimate purpose is that His name is exalted, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That purpose is not just going to be realized on the last day, that purpose needs to be exemplified today in the way that I pray. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah chapter 1. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. Whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Today we close with a prayer by William Wilberforce. O let not self-love deceive us in this important inquiry, and grant us your heavenly grace to soften our hearts, that we may feel what it is to offend the God who has every claim to our allegiance and love. May we be convinced not merely of guilt, but our disobedience but also the baseness of our ingratitude. May we be filled with a lively sense of your goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. May we delight to call to mind all the various mercies which we have been receiving at your hands from the first moment of our existence to the present hour. 
Above all, may we remember your infinite love in sending your own Son, the partaker of your glory, to die for us men and for salvation in calling us to the knowledge of your heavenly truth and influencing our reluctant hearts and bearing with our manifold provocations. Amen.